Welcome to FFC Top 3, a show where we, your FFC hosts, count things down from three to number one. Thank you for joining us this week. If you have a suggestion for a topic for Top 3, be sure to drop us a note on all the different places, Twitter, Discord, email. Hit us up there if you have any sort of topic that you'd like us to discuss. This week, our Top 3 topic is Top 3 People You Would Like to Have a dinner date with that is no longer with us, a deceased person. Dinner so. dates of history. Dinner dates of history. Fight. No, um, I actually really had fun with this one, but also had a really hard time picking who. I don't even remember who went first last uh, week. Beard went first last time. Last week. Ago. Yeah. Last week I had, we had, I had to toss in the hat. All right. But hey, Blue? I can talk now, so that's a that's Yay! a good thing. And you're um, not dying. Yeah. Um the for like the third one for me, uh so fair warning, most of these are gonna be kind of slightly ties. Um but the third one actually was one of the few that it was a singular, and that would be uh Aristotle, uh, because of the importance that I that I kind of rely on for the basis of kind of everything on logic and philosophy and stuff like that. So nice. Aristotle. I'm surprised. Okay. Aristotle I, over some of the others is. Oh, that's top three. Some of the others that's number higher. three. Okay. Number three. That's number three. Okay. I mean, and I, I'll be, I'll be honest. You, you might be surprised. I, I, I'm not sure. As long as you don't put like, uh, Nietzsche up there I would have oh, a... uh, no absolutely not I I would okay. no I have I have I would a feel mixed... really awkward if you put Nietzsche up there I, I have a mixed respect and loathing of Nietzsche and it's it's uh like I I recognize the importance of his works mm-hmm. I also recognize that the individual was kind crazy? of crazy yeah he was I mean yeah he was a bit, little bit insane yeah. All right. Beard, what's your number three person you'd like to have dinner with? Uh, <clears throat> kind of a de facto one, but Sun Tzu. Yeah. Not I was. Much so- Wait, that so was out of left field. It's number three. That's what bothers me. It's not yeah, his number no. one. Nope. Ah, oh, interesting. You guys are like throwing me for a loop. <laughs> All right, so That's what we do? I know I'm getting ready to throw you for a one. My number three is Cleopatra hmm. because of her ability to basically save her people from utter destruction a couple of different times just because she was willing to go and uh, parlay. We'll say parlay with the. Make make alliances. That's a better way to put it. She was able to make alliances. And it's just, I think a lot of history colors her in a unfavorable light for various I mean, say, reasons. Say what you will about her, but she was more than more than able to lay in the beds that she made. Oh, <laughs> I was trying to avoid it. I really was. I was really. No, she no, I actually, mean, actually. She was quite intelligent. She oh, had to be God. She was very formidable. Smart. She was a very way, formidable leader. And the way, also just the way that she got their attention, like mm-hmm. uh, Antony and 
Oh, why am I blanking? Who was the other one? Antony was the one. Octavius and Caesar. Octavius, thank. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, she was. She 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 was also very diplomatically and politically savvy. Like she was very good at playing people against each other. Uh, And actually, to be honest, Egypt has a very large host of very very strong female. Paul, I guess politicians, maybe it's not really, it's not, they're not politicians, but they're like leaders. Um, mm-hmm. cause you have, you have, uh, Cleopatra, you have Nefertiti. Um, and I always blink. There's another one that I'm always, I always forget her name, but they are all like, I mean, in terms of ancient world political powers, Egypt was, I mean, it was up there. Yeah. Shay, Shay said it. She's like Mara. She's even got like. Like Mara, she's got shacks under her thumb. Cleopatra was kind of that character in some ways, able to forge alliances and um, a lot of different ways. She was able to save her the her people from her own brother doing that. But that's my number three. Let's hear the crazy number two from Blue. Um, mine is actually a toss-up between Merleau-Ponty and uh, Martin Heidegger. Uh, because they are both very, very influential in phenomenology, which is a field of philosophy slash psychology that I am very, very fond of. You act- And actually, the episode that we're about to record for Cade, I'm going to be referring to some of their, <clears throat> some of their content uh, and the stuff that we talked about when I was doing work with that particular branch of psychology. It, it, it actually comes in play very much so with the story of the exo and especially the disassociative exo mind rejection. Um, but yeah, Heidegger, uh, which is like, he, he is <clears throat> in a lot of cases considered one of the fathers of phenomenology, um, up there with Merleau-Ponty. Merleau-Ponty was more, more so of the humanistic side of the phenomenological schools. Um, and then you also like you kind of have Hume and a few others there, but Heidegger was very influential in there. And Heidegger also had a really interesting um, life as well. He actually lived during the Nazi occupation of pretty much Germany, like the rise of that entire regime. And for all intents and purposes, on the surface, he was actually a card-carrying Nazi, but he his teachings were actually in opposition to that particular political school of thought. Um, and so, and he managed as a education, uh, as an educator, he actually managed to walk a line that he didn't quite get in trouble with the Nazi regime, but he also challenged it quite a bit. And it was just, it's a fascinating story. Uh, his, his entire like life story is very interesting. Not to mention, and then, then on top of that, the, the philosophical impact that he had is just immense. So yeah, that that would be my number two. Nice. Hi, Heidegger is. I've actually always been curious, but I've never really studied him all that much. Yeah, it's it, to to fair warning. It it's a bit of a it's a bit of a grind to get through <clears throat> on uh, on being like it's it, his his entire. Because his is a very holistic school of thought, so you kind of you can't really be like, oh, I just want to read this one book. You kind of have to read all of it, um, right? And it's and he, he's German, so 
language is a bit of a barrier and you have to kind of understand the German language is really nice for philosophy, but it's really terrible for translating because basically what you do in German is you just tack words together. And so that doesn't play nice with English, um, translating back and forth. So some of his works, you have to kind of get past a language barrier on top of that. And it's, but right. once you do, it's, it's really, really fascinating. The entire, the entire concept of phenomenology, especially. Nice. Beard, you're number two. Um, goodness, I just had it and now I lost it. Um, We'll go with the other one I was thinking anyway. Uh, Isaac Asimov. Hmm, okay. Just for the law of robotics or mostly. some of his other, um, other works? Yeah, it's it's mostly just to kind of get into his head and just to more so realize like what it is that he thinks of for the future as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he was able to also see like how far we've gone uh, today and be able to kind of see... You know that that's part of the thing that uh, I would I would almost like in like a a, a two handed piece about the conversation if I were able to talk with them is to also let them know how things are developing here within the the world that they no longer are able to live in mm-hmm. uh, and just for them to say like wow this sounds like it went completely pear shaped the way that I thought it was going to go or yeah I kind of expected that too because I'm George Orwell and I wrote 1984. <laughs> um, the big pieces, though, that uh, I think would be interesting is just seeing, especially with Asimov, how uh, with how robotics are kind of starting to become a thing or starting to uh, to kind of build uh, or not even that, like just how uh, AI has kind of formulated as well, what he would think of it, what he would kind of uh, be able to look at. Uh, I I feel like he would be so entranced by everything that we have today, uh, given most of like everything that he had even considered in his books or otherwise, uh, and the fact that he like had a a hand in a good majority of like that making uh, would be a very interesting thing to kind of see as we uh, as as everything develops. Uh, I think that that would actually be a really cool little sit down uh, to to talk with Asimov though. Uh, anyway, yeah, definitely Asimov, for sure. Nice. I feel very odd with some of my choices compared to your guys's because you have some like great philosophers and and writers and stuff like that. And mine, mine actually, this my number two is related to a paper I did in college. Um, I took an American history course in college, and Margaret Fuller really oh, kind of yeah. stuck out Margaret to me. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, she was kind of the self-made woman. She back in like the eight, like was it the 1820s or whatever? She didn't take no for an answer. She was the first woman to be able to have access to Harvard, like the Harvard library. She was the, one of the most fluent women of her time. She basically did everything on her own. She didn't need anybody else to really help her out with it. Um, Yeah, she was just kind of an amazing woman who, regardless of societal pressure of women not being active, really, as far as 
politics and academically and stuff like that at the time, Margaret Fuller really pushed ahead and became quite the voice. Um, she even wrote a crud ton of different articles for the Transcendentalist, and mm-hmm. and uh, she was just she was a really the, uh, she was the first full time book reviewer who was a female. Yes. Yes. Which I mean, yeah. in the 1800s, that is a huge thing. Like, right? That is an amazing thing. Yeah, she also <laughs> published women in the 19th century. So she actually, not necessarily like the first feminist type person, but somebody who really wanted to highlight women's role in history, even at that time. Which to me is mind-boggling because you don't think about that being something that they would try to do so much but yeah she's an amazing woman i would totally like to pick her brain a little bit yeah we're up to number one so blue you want to do our the honors of it yeah so my number one would is another tie uh it would be either aquinas or anselm uh both are very prominent philosophical and theological thinkers uh within uh Catholicism mostly. Uh but Aquinas, Aquinas. Uh yeah, yeah. Aquinas uh is one of if not the like most logical approach to a lot of things within not just the church but a lot of religious context. Uh he he basically breaks everything down and then uses them as proofs to kind of reform basically his beliefs. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just, it's like reading his works is again, it's very difficult. It's, it's not an easy thing to do because it's such, it's so granular how much he breaks things down. Um, but it's, it's totally, totally worth it. And then Anselm is actually a, a philosophical apologist uh, and he did a number of works. Uh, he was actually the, I want to say he was the, an abbot and uh, just blanked on his location. But one of his philosophy works were, is just seriously one of the best ones that I've ever read. Um, and it's, again, it's a very, it's just a very, uh, it's almost Socratic in the way that he kind of uses a pair or a parable type thing to or type message to teach it but it's talking about though uh, the virtue of or the virtues are are very important in life and how you know you have to you have to be a good person and why you have to be a good person and it's all taken from again a logical a logical standpoint it's not it's not about oh this is because you know faith and all that it's it's actually from a logical standpoint he's like no this is these are the causes and the effects of doing all this stuff and this is why we encourage you to do this um Mm -hmm. so it's just and again he's just he's one of the one of the uh just uh canterbury canterbury that's where he was um so he was he, he was a benedictine monk as well so but yeah he was he was actually a little bit a little bit ahead of Margaret Fuller. <laughs> he was in the in the ten ninety three to eleven hundreds is about. Oh yeah. So he Quite was a bit. yeah. But again, he was it was just it it he was just a very big proponent of, you know, sitting down, stopping, 
and really thinking, which is kind of very common for the Benedictine school of thought. But his mm-hmm. was he was very he was very very big on the whole. Let's use logic to approach this and all that. So that those were those nice. would be that would be my number one. Nice. All right, Beard. You threw out my guess of what your number one was with your number three. So mm-hmm. who who takes the honor of being the number one person for you? Yeah, I'm going to say because there's, you know, one person that can really fit that. Uh, there really isn't. That's part of the problem. Um, I had a hard time actually kind of figuring this one because I wanted to... Uh, I I... I've been fighting a lot lately again, and I've been reconnecting with some poetry, actually. Uh, And that would actually be Edgar Allan. Just to get, I think, into his head Mm -hmm. a little bit more. Oh, gosh. Be be careful Uh, with that wish, though. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, Telltale heart. Yeah, no. mm -hmm. Uh, Edgar Allan kind of showcased a a few of the things that I kind of do over time anyway. Uh, very similar in terms of mindset in like where where our heads can kind of go at least from like the the poetry that he's written and the stuff that we kind of know of him uh to get into his head with like undiagnosed uh mental disorders or anything like that that may have been at that point mm-hmm. uh but then to know like what it is that his brain what his mind was capable of doing uh with those disorders. Uh, I, you you could almost say it's the same thing as like uh, Lovecraft as well. I was just I was just like, about to say oh that I gosh. was like Lovecraft. Lovecraft is the exact same in my mind. Is both of those? I can listen to Poe's poetry and not yeah. have nightmares. If I yeah. listen to anything of, yeah, no, nope, 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 nope. Of Lovecraft can't, can't do it. It's, I use uh, there's a podcast out see, there that reads there's, books. And that's like, and no. that's actually kind of interesting because in some ways Pose is actually I, I, I you can't really it's like comparing it's almost like comparing apples to oranges, but Pose Pose poetry is almost in some forms darker than Lovecraft yeah. because because the the degree of realism that's in Pose. There's, but the thing with Pose is he has resolution. Whereas yeah. Lovecraft does not a lot of the time. Not all, well, I mean, I guess some of his does, but not all of them. I, mm. I mean, the resolution a lot of times with Lovecraft is not what you want said resolution <laughs> well, to yeah. be. Yes. There's resolution. That's, it that's just might not be. <laughs> it might not it, be it the terrifying. ending. It might not be the ending you want. It takes a very Eastern approach, I guess you could say, which right, is what yeah. I think that uh, both. Uh, Poe, well, not so much Poe, but at least like Lovecraft kind of do. Eastern storytelling is usually uh, very uh, refute with like a lot less resolution, uh, obviously, or a lot less uh, happy endings as well. Uh, If you if you really want a fair example of this, look at a good majority of Japanese anime that's out there, quite frankly, or at least like the older stuff. Uh, two I can think of off the top of my head, uh, Big O and Neon Genesis Evangelion, the originals. Uh, both of those are extremely like, this is not where I expected things to go whatsoever uh, at all. And they're very modern-esque in terms of like how you would hope that Resolution would handle themselves. But again, in that <laughs> respect, like Lovecraft, uh, 
and Poe to a lesser degree uh, take a lot of that. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's the stuff like out of left field that you don't expect, and it's like for the time as well. Uh, minus minus like some playwrights that were there, which granted was about the same time anyway. Uh, if you think of like Shakespeare and so on, like mm-hmm. they're they're all kind of doing somewhat similar things, breaking the norms, uh, going into these darker realms that they weren't able to beforehand because of the church or other heavy control that existed, etc. Uh, Poe, of course, was a little bit later than that, but just to kind of give you the idea, like they're they were they were frowned upon to think the way that they were, mm. but for Poe especially to to dig into the deeper or darker elements that he did, uh, and then to to showcase them in a way that was still mysterious enough or still worthwhile enough to like go back to his play, uh, poetry uh, years later is just awesome. Um, I think that uh, in in some cases, but to a lesser degree. Uh, it's somebody that we quote on the show every now and again, Basho, uh, kind of does some of the similar mm-hmm. stuff, but in a different type of, uh, and, and again, like the East versus West idea, uh, Basho was very, it was obviously Eastern, uh, Poe was Western. And in that regard, that's where I think it's very interesting to, to see how they both sort of line up in the same way, but they tell it in different ways. Uh, one's a little bit more grounded in reality, while the other does work more with the metaphysical. Uh, and that's what I just I, I I appreciate what Poe has written over the years. And again, for whatever reason, the last uh, week or so, I've been reading some stuff of his off and on and getting into it again. But uh, it's just ironic that I was I had somebody in my Discord that edited uh, the Raven for me to to fit something because I had mentioned it. Uh, and now I have nightmares about the Raven again mm. because it's about Lord Shax and Liz. Oh God! <laughs> the other, and the Liz? other thing is, and oh, the God. other thing about Edgar Allan Poe too is like all I can think of is if you had a, if you had, if you met with him, like it would be kind of a a darker tone, but it'd be an iteration of the Doctor Who episode with Van Gogh, where he uh-huh. brings him forward because Poe. I mean, Poe is one of probably arguably one of the most profound impacts on American, at least if not international literature. Uh, But that all happened after he was, I mean, his life is as, as a tragic story in and of itself, just his like actual life. Um, And he really wasn't, he really wasn't recognized, you know, during his life for what, for, just how amazing of a of a writer if not the critic you know and he, he was also an editor and a critic as well and you know right. it's just like the stuff that he did was just amazing and he yeah. just is very similar to lovecraft as well it just wasn't really recognized in his time so talk I, I just can i can see like that would that would be just a really interesting conversation with him you know taking what you know today and kind of being like no you actually changed quite a bit of stuff yeah no, he's he like you had mentioned with uh, with Van Gogh, and I wanted to make that connection too because that episode of Doctor Who is so strong. It's amazing. It's uh, one of my favorites. It's so, it's so good. Um, but yeah, just to like show him what it was that he was influential in, or how it was that he uh, had changed, like modern writing is is so impactful. Uh, and again, for me, just to kind of like showcase it, like I, 
I put Sun Tzu's Art of War as like my number one book of all time that I go back to and I read almost like every year at least. Uh, sometimes twice a year if I if I feel the need to. Uh, but for people in terms of like how it is that I'm thinking where my mindset is at and who I think would have such a profound impact on my life if I were able to talk with them, like Edgar Allan would be right up there just to see like how he was able to fight through all the mental stuff that he did um, and just to push through and create and, and critique all that he wanted to the way that he did. Uh, and if, if there were like any others that were up there, like it would, it would probably be like some musicians that were otherwise there, maybe a, a couple of other playwrights, uh, very few philosophers actually, uh, just because I, I feel such a stronger connection to those that have created, uh, versus those that have like, uh, that have had like overall philosophical ideas Mm -hmm. that I would love to pick their brains more and like how they got to their ideas uh, overall. Uh, I already mentioned one, like if, if I had any, well, actually, I guess we'll get to like runners up then afterward, but I'll, yeah. I'll save those. But like, there's, there's so yeah. many more that I would love to do for, uh, for creativity than I would much else. Interesting. Okay. So we've had philosophers, Writers, politicians. Uh, all right. Did we have a scientist yet? I don't believe. I so. mean, you could Aristotle, kind of maybe. technically. You could, Aristotle, mm. and I mean, you could almost argue Asimov. I mean, he wasn't really. He was more of science fiction, really, but, was, but I mean, okay. he was he was kind of he had, he kind of had a finger on the pulse of science at the time because that was like the positronic brain. Yeah. Like, well. Mine, my number one is some people might call this a cop out because a lot of people would want to have, at least I was, I would think a lot of people would want to have lunch with him, but Einstein, um, just his book after I read, uh, elegant universe by Brian Greene back in like my freshman year in high school, I really latched onto the concept of learning physics through kind of allegorical methods, like telling the story to help teach physics. And Einstein actually really does a good job of that in his book on, uh, I believe it was general relativity that really describes the math. He doesn't give you all the mathematics. You can go find it. You can go find the text that has all the mathematics, but he really describes his concepts through these examples that you can actually visualize and actually see, which I really appreciate. Plus there was a movie that came out a couple of years ago where Einstein and his buddies are trying to hook up somebody. I it's really weird, but it was really cute and I kind of latched onto it and I'm showing my girly side and it's fine. I don't care, but yeah, um, Einstein would be my number one. What? You're not a girl. It's fine. Yeah. But, yeah, learning about the Manhattan Project would be interesting. Oh, yeah. Or yeah, just, just learning, a, or even yeah. just be, like, listening to him talk about the the stress that they must have been under yep. when they were having to do that. Yeah, he was not, he was not a fan of having to do it either. No, was, they were yeah. forced. But it's it was, not but cool. I mean, But, I mean, a lot of people kind of look at him in a dark or Oppenheimer 
look at him right. in a dark light. And it's like, the thing is, is like, if you read his letters and kind of the few th- pieces that we do have, I mean, he's, he's not necessarily a fan of what they are forced to do. Mm-hmm. But I think that's Many also could be said, I was about to say, I think that could be said for most of them actually. Yeah. Yeah. And many of them had almost no idea what they were what they were getting into to begin with. Like they they knew it was going to be destructive, but to what level they could not fathom. Like that was I I believe almost a exact quote, in fact. Mm-hmm. Uh they they knew it was gonna be devastating, but how so was just unknown. Well, how scary would it be also? Because many of them came over here escaping a lot of the Nazism that was going on. Mm-hmm. and well that's i mean the, einstein yeah yeah i <laughs> mean me. to escape that and then basically not necessarily held hostage i don't think the government was that no no they weren't they weren't it, no, but, no, no no they weren't but the fact that it's basically you are proving yourself to the, the country that is basically taking you in and kind of giving you another life it's I mean, it would be interesting to have conversations with him about that but yeah such a he's such an interesting character like i'm sure you guys have some also rants i know i do mm-hmm. this is this is a hard topic to not have also so i think oh, yeah. yeah i mean you have like carl sagan fermi mm-hmm. i mean you want to talk about scientists there's there's a lot of scientists out there who stephen be- hawking Hawking would be, yeah, Hawking would be a good one too. Um, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. There's so yeah. many of them. Beard. Um, the one big one actually for me would be George Washington, at least just to see like what he thinks of uh, the where we're at. States is kind of like changing <laughs> over and whatnot. Not to make this political, but oh my gosh, that would Alexander be amazing. Like, no, I really think if no. I just, Alexander Hamilton. Um, uh, I ben just, Franklin's I on my list, list, actually. Okay, that yeah, might not be a bad one. Uh, I absolutely cannot stand that individual. Ben Franklin. I know he's got a lot of bad he stuff, but the guy such a he was a yeah he was a jerk. Oh God, he was. Terrible. He he was also a womanizer. I'm not I'm not denying that, but no, he was well, also... he was just like if you read if you read his autobiography, it's just like, dude, stop whining about everything it's like all of it i mean it's it's not as bad as some of the other autobiographies that come to mind but it's like it's up there and he's just he's just a butt to everyone like he's he would not be a pleasant friend but it would be fascinating to learn about the guy who like he had so many first so many first in this country it's just i don't know he would be interesting. He's always been kind of like the guy at the, at the edge of the sheet. Shakespeare was one on my list too. I want mm, to talk to Shakespeare and Chaucer, both yeah. of them. Chaucer, both yeah. of them would be mm-hmm. amazing. Yes, Chesterton. Mm-hmm. It's another good one. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking. Um, what was I looking at? Uh, Gene Roddenberry would be another big one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Yeah, Tesla. Yeah, yeah, Tesla would be amazing. Uh, you and talk about a person who is Edison. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How's that elephant doing? Um, 
but God, like yeah. Tesla, Tesla was because you want to talk about someone who was like ahead of their time. Yeah, but also Shit. slightly oh. crazy. Oh no! Yes, yes. Like, I mean, Faraday Cage is yeah. Right. There's a ton of people on my like list that I didn't put on my main list because they're crazy. Like a lot of composers. Yep. No. Don't want to meet you. Really don't. <laughs> no, sir. No. No. Thank you. I gotta say, I would love to meet guys like Beethoven or something. But oh like, God, Beethoven was such a it. jerk. I'm gonna say maybe we can make it like a five minute conversation, right? So that I don't feel like I'm getting screamed at all day. When really, Mozart will be drunk in the corner. Yeah, I'm gonna say Mozart will be Mozart will be drunk dead in the corner. What are you talking about? And Beethoven Uh, will be grouchy as all get out. Oh, you'll be yelling at everybody. Musicians as a a whole, unfortunately, it's it's very tricky to. Uh, have ones or find any that uh, that don't feel like they're gonna either strangle you or something else throughout history. Mm-hmm. Uh, most musicians that I can think of were not exactly the nicest of people. Well, there's like Tchaikovsky, there's Wagner. Wagner was an interesting character. I guess there was Handel too, but I know Handel oh, had Handel. so much influence. Handel was wasn't Handel church. like a party partier, or was that? Not that was Mozart. 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 Okay, I was about to say one of them definitely because Mozart was the one. Bach. Oh God. Bach. Bach had twenty six children. Yeah, I was going to say Bach was was a very partier. He was a very busy individual. He was a very very busy person. He also wasn't wasn't Mozart the one that wrote music upside down. Was, it, was he the one that wrote table? I don't table remember his story. I don't remember. Well, because like, I remember you wrote, hearing you his wrote, story about this, but you wrote he wrote music so that people Only sitting on could. opposite well, people sitting on opposite side of the table could read the same sheet music and play both of it. I mm-hmm. can't remember what I think it was Mozart that did that because Mozart There's Mozart like, was the uh, he was kind of like the savant, wasn't he? Child prodigy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh I'm, let's put it this way. I'm sure he could do it. <laughs> he also, like what we know if you, of him. If you took the alcohol away from him, maybe. And the women. Dear Lord. <laughs> Mozart was yeah. such a playboy. I'm going to anyway. say we wonder, we wonder why he died. <laughs> yeah, syphilis. Um, yeah. There was actually a lot of composers who died of syphilis, though, believe it or not. Yeah. But... Let's wrap up FFR's anyway. top three with that. End with syphilis. All right, and next week. I was topic. just going to say that. <laughs> As things often do, apparently. Oh, my gosh. Ending with syphilis? <laughs> I think we might want to change that tagline. Uh, no, nope, nope, nope. Uh, Dinners with week. history. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's like Fight Club. What was that? <laughs> and there's a cartoon. They're like characters of history where they rap against each other yeah uh epic rap battles there we go it's it's still around it's uh it's it's not doing anything anymore yeah but it's still wonderful yes it is and actually it kind of ties into next week so we did the characters this week we did the people this week next week i want to know and this is a topic from chargoon Top three favorite songs at the moment. It doesn't have to be oh, all time, okay, just okay. at the moment. I was afraid you were going That's to be like, better. yeah, I was afraid you were like, what characters would you like to have dinner with? I'm like, well, we're no, going to be here for no, three no. freaking hours. 
No, I mean, we can do that at some point. I'm actually going to add that to the list. Thank you for the idea. But well, just be be prepared for Beard and I to stress out for a week over that one. Please. I already have enough stress. I don't I don't need any more stress than that. Please. No, please. Never. Just just never. Just cross it out right now. Please. God. It's going to go up there. (laughs) Characters you would have dinner with as soon as I can type without making a bunch of clattering sound. But yeah, top three favorite songs. Should shouldn't be too bad. I already have my well, list done. Shouldn't be too bad. She says it shouldn't be too bad. <laughs> that's because she Clearly already has. She doesn't that's because me. she already has the list done. Did you not yes, hear? Her? I have exactly. mine. Yeah, I have mine done. <laughs> See, premeditated. What, premeditated this ambush. Is, yep. Hey, this is I, what we in the industry call cheating. <laughs> no, it call. It's called. I'm the host of the show, so I can pick whatever god topic I want. Uh, <laughs> Remini Christmas. I didn't think this was the Animaniacs. Such a good show. Agreed. What are we going to do next tonight, Beard? (laughs) Same thing we do every night, Green. Talk about (laughs) Destiny lore! (laughs) Thank you guys for joining us for Top 3. Be sure to hit us up if you ever have a topic that you want us to discuss. And remember... Everybody loves a list.